Hey, hey, everyone. This is Prashant, and I'll be your host for this section of the Mailman podcast called 321 with Mailman. To quickly talk about the format, the guests will be required to share three ideas or books they live by, two people they look up to, and one productivity trick they find super helpful in their everyday lives. For those of you who do not know about Mailman, Mailman is an email plugin that sits on top of your existing email client and delivers your emails in batches, at times pre-selected by you. Hence, minimizing distractions, facilitating deep work, and making inbox zero an everyday reality. You can start a free trial at mailmanhq.com. That is M-A-I-L-M-A-N-H-Q.com. You will be able to find the link in the description below. Today, we have with us Chris. Chris has recently graduated from Yale University, where he hosted fireside chats with some awesome founders plus investors like Michael Sebel, Kevin Rayon, Amat Sher, and Ben Gordon. On his Twitter, Chris shares frameworks and systems and other wild business stories. You should definitely go and give him a follow on there to get a ton of value from what he shares. I'll now let Chris introduce himself and say a few words. Chris, we are so glad to have you here. Hey, Prashant. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, so kind of I can you know share my background more, which is I got onto Twitter uh, after reading some Paul Graham and Sam Altman essays and being like, wow, there's a lot of interesting people in tech um, on here. So I got on about a year ago. Uh, it's been a crazy journey from zero followers all the way up to almost uh, over 50,000 today. Um, it's been great to kind of meet a bunch of people uh, in this. It's been great to meet a bunch of people through Twitter. Um, I had the opportunity to like apprentice for Sean Puri, uh, who's also really great. So I've just learned a bunch and, and have enjoyed uh, meeting a bunch of cool people here. That's really interesting. And before we jump into the questions that I have for you, my very first question would be, uh, what has been uh, the biggest learning in growing that Twitter account from zero to 50,000 uh, followers. Uh, if you had to quickly share your biggest insights that how can other people do it, that would be great. Yeah, so it's definitely tweet threads. So this is kind of something that a lot of people know is a tweet thread is basically a mini blog post. Um, it's like 10 to 15 or more tweets all linked together. And if you want to gain followers, you need to put out tweet threads because I think about it like harnessing energy, right? Energy, attention is energy. So if you have someone's attention and they're scrolling through a feed and they see a tweet, they might favorite it or like it or maybe even retweet it, but they're not kind of, they're going to just keep scrolling by and probably won't click on your profile or follow you. If you're writing a tweet thread and you can get someone with a great hook, which is a great first line to click on it and then read through all your tweets, they've seen a larger sample size of your work, say 10, 15, 20 tweets in a row. And they've seen that you've been able to tell a great story. And that is a convert. You can, a lot more people will likely follow you for more content like that instead of a one-off tweet. So I'd say double down and triple down on tweet threads, focus less on individual tweets. That makes a lot of sense. A quick follow-up question to that uh, is, how frequently do you tweet threads? Is it like weekly or do you just do it whenever you feel like writing something deep? How do you do that? Yeah, so I definitely have a system for it. It's definitely not like off the cuff. Uh, so I do two threads per week. Uh, so that's been my cadence for the past six to eight months, um, which has been you know good cadence for me. 
I'll write, I'll write it. And then, you know, I can do some editing and we can go into that process if that's interesting to you. Um, but yeah, that's, it's two threads per week is my process. Absolutely. So we can talk about it, uh, talk about your process once we are done with the three to one questions. I'll keep that for the later. Right. Uh, so now uh, let's get on to the three to one questions that I have prepared for you. The first one goes, what are the three ideas or books that you live by? Yeah. So my first one is one that's, you know, most people, if you're on Twitter and have seen James Clear, uh, know a bunch about, but Atomic Habits by James Clear is a book that I read in March, 2020. So just as the pandemic hit and it kind of blew my mind. Like I took that and was like, okay, I need to start at least one habit where I can like leverage the power of like doing very small things per day and having that add up to a, a bigger outcome over time. So for me, the habit I started was reading, uh, reading at least one page of a book per day. And some days it would be one page, some days it would be 30 pages, some days it would be 50 pages, some days, you know, it would be 10 pages. But I read a book, some part of a book for 365 straight days based on leveraging the principles of Atomic Habits and James Clear. So that has had like a profound impact on my life and how I think about habit formation and like long-term goals. So the second one is, it's a quote by Mark Andreessen. This is an idea. And I came across this a few years ago and it really changed my perspective. So it's, the world is a very malleable place. If you know what you want and you go for it with maximum energy and drive and passion, the world will often reconfigure itself around you much more quickly and easily than you think. A lot of people think kind of whatever they're doing is the world's a big place and, you know, it's hard to make significant changes. But I think I love this quote by Andreessen because it shows like if you have focus towards a goal and have like a long-term mindset, then it's something that you can achieve if you just continually work towards it every day and have consistency. Um, so it kind of opens up the possibilities of what you can do. The third one is a, is a book called Storyworthy by Matthew Dix. And this one is, he's, you know, the moth, if you don't know what this is, the moth Grand Slam story competition. It's basically, you know, a world fair competition for whoever can tell the best stories and there's judges and all that. And this guy has won like 20 of them. So he's like one of the best storytellers in the world. And I read this book because I think the tweet threads that I'm crafting and like anything you do is comes down to telling a great story. So can you tell someone a great written story in a tweet thread? Can you tell a story about yourself when you're trying to get a job? Can you tell a story about your, your business if you're trying to raise money or trying to employ, uh, recruit someone? Stories are all around us. And I think these principles of like telling a great story is something that is super underrated and that some people can think more about and that'll be helpful. Yeah, for sure. And those are three very insightful ideas and books that you shared. And uh, for the time I've been hosting the shortcast, the most mentioned book in for the, f the first mentioned book is very often Atomic Habits by James Clear. So that's definitely one that our listeners should check out. And the other two ideas that you shared are also very nice and incredible. So I'll now I'll quickly move to the next one I have for you. Who are the two people that you look up to most and why? Yeah, so one person, his name's Kevin Ryan. I think you mentioned him in the introduction. Uh, I, inter I had the opportunity to interview him for my Eli Speaker Series, Fireside Chat Series that I did uh, with the Entrepreneurial Society. So he is the founder of MongoDB, and he's also the founder of Business Insider. And now he invests in a bunch of other startups today out of New York City. Um, and his kind of nickname is like the godfather of New York City tech. 
And the reason why I look up to him a lot is because I think he's had a really interesting career path. And when he was in his 20s, he was running the largest ad tech company in the world called DoubleClick and sold it to Google. So he was the CEO of a company with like 2000 employees when he was like 28. And he had to grow up really quickly and learn a lot. And I love his mentality about life, about prioritization, and that like you can't do everything all the time. So when you're in your 20s and 30s, it might be two things you can focus on. And as you're in, he's in his 50s and 60s now, it's two different or three different things that he's able to focus on. But he realizes that like if you want to do anything, you have to have certain trade-offs. Um, and that's kind of an important lesson. And I definitely want to stay in touch with him in the future. Uh, so yeah, my second one is someone that's a, a great person. He, he runs the All In podcast. Uh, he was one of the co-founders of PayPal. Uh, he was also a co-founder of Yammer, which sold to, I forget what Yammer sold to, I think eBay or something. And he, his name's David Sachs. And now he's invested in, I think, 20 unicorns at this point. And I admire him and I look up to him because I think he has a real clarity of thought uh, when it comes to you know building a company from the PayPal days to his investment theses and how he thinks about the world. Um, and he's definitely not afraid to share his opinions. Uh, so I look up to him um, and I love following his stuff on Twitter. Yeah. So those are two amazing people that they shared. Uh, they, I, I was familiar with the second one, not so much with the first one, but I'm going to read more about him now. So moving on to my uh, last question for you in the three, two, one format, this is that what's the number one productivity trick that you find super helpful? Yeah. So this is a, this is one that I actually stole from a friend and a mentor of mine, Craig Clemens. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter at Craig Clemens. Uh, he, he used this technique because he's a, a copywriter by trade and he, he founded a company called Golden Hippo, uh, which launches a bunch of seven, eight figure, nine figure brands. And he does this thing where the hardest thing about like writing is that it's so easy to get distracted by your inbox or your texts or your notifications on Twitter. So what he does is he turns, he puts his phone on airplane mode, he takes it out and he puts on a timer for 33 minutes. And everything he does during those 33 minutes has to be related to work or writing. So he'll write for 33 minutes and then he might be in the middle of a sentence when the timer goes off. And then he takes that, turns his phone off airplane mode and sets a six minute timer. And that six minute timer, you can check Twitter, you can check your email, you can check any of your notifications, whatever. And then as soon as that goes off, you have to go back to 33 minutes. And if you can get like six to eight of those 33 minute blocks in, if you get eight of them, that would be four, about four hours of work a day. You're going to be light years ahead of anyone else in terms of your ability to get focused work in. So I love this, uh, this concept of 33 minutes and six minutes off. Um, and it's been something that I've been experimenting with the past few weeks. That's been super helpful. Yeah, I, I think I saw when he shared it on Twitter, I think I'm already following him on there. And that's a very uh, interesting concept. Basically, I think this is the concept that's called time blocking, wherein you block your times to protect it. And uh, like you just mentioned that there are distractions that keep coming in. Uh, I think it would be good time to plug in Mailman which solves the prob this problem for your inbox, basically. Uh, you can put in times wherein you can, you know, you, you want the emails to come in. So basically you are exercising control over time uh, instead of the other way around. Other people just pinging you whenever they feel like. So you have a lot less control in the default way in comparison to if you start using a thing like Mailman. So yeah, that's definitely a good approach to it. So that was the end of the three, two, one format. 
and I loved all your answers. They were super insightful. Uh, but like I promised, we'll be talking about your process uh, for how you write your Twitter threads. Uh, because as I know that it takes a lot of effort to write high value threads that actually get attention. Uh, so how do you do that? What's your process for doing that? Yeah, so I can walk you through uh, the process really quick. Um, so the first thing I do is I have a Notion page where anytime I think of an idea or I read an article or I come across something, I just dump every single idea that I have into one document. So I have like tweet threads document and it could be terrible. Like it literally could be the worst idea ever, but I have like 50 ideas in there because it just, you want to have an abundance of ideas because the hardest thing is like knowing what to write. So just like any time in my daily life, if I see something, I read something, oh yeah, that could be a good, cool tweet thread or I heard something on a podcast. That could be an idea that I could like riff on or jump on top of and, and write a story about. So that's the first thing. So then when I decide to write the thread, I have a very specific formula. So I'll take that and I'll go into Typefully, which is like, you can use it as like a free, I just basically use it as like a Google doc. And I take that and then I do the research, say it's like a story I'm writing. I'll read a bunch of different articles on it. And then I will write a really bad first draft as fast as I possibly can. And once you do that, you get it all like the story arc and the storyline on like on paper. Then you take, I'll take like 20 minutes off. I might take an hour off. I might take five minutes. It kind of depends on the time. And I'll go for a walk and do something else. And then I'll go back and I'll ruthlessly edit it once or twice and make it actually sound good. Cause the first time it, the, the phrasing's terrible. It doesn't really sound great. And then I'll do that. And then once I have that all edited, then I'll go back and spend a, a like probably another half hour or a bunch of time on the first line. And that's what I call the hook. Cause the key, and, and I talked to when I, when I was uh, apprenticing for Sean Puri, he said like, you know, spend 50% of your time on the first line, because if you can't get anyone to click through and actually like read it, then you're wasted the rest of your effort. So I spent about 25 to 30 or 50% of my time on the first line. So that's kind of what I'll do. I'll, I'll write a bad draft. I'll go back and edit ruthlessly. Then I'll clean up the first line and then I'll, I'll post it. So that's kind of my, been my process so far. That's super amazing to hear. That's very insightful in a very short amount of time that you just gave us. Uh, uh, one thing that I hear a lot of people saying uh, is that you should only do threads or tweets that are in your niche. So do you live by that or you just go by the idea wherever that lies? What's your approach? Yeah. Yeah. So my niche, if you like, or my niche is if you look on my account, it's like the framework sky. And I, I definitely think like when you start niching down is incredibly important because I think about it like rocket fuel for like word of mouth growth, right? If someone's like, oh yeah, I found this guy named uh, Prashan on Twitter. Oh yeah. I don't know who that is. Well, you know, his friend says, I don't know who that is. You know, what's he about? If you can't explain it in a sentence, what they tweet about, then you're not niched down enough. And then it's hard for people to grab onto you as like, you know, that whatever authority you are, niche authority you are in a certain way. So I, I tweet a lot about frameworks. I do threads on frameworks, but I also kind of expanded that because like I'm super into systems, as you can tell, uh, and I have a, a networking system that I use and, a, and different frameworks that I use. But then the, kind of the last piece is I still tell these like crazy business stories because I'm just super fascinated by like underdog stories or cool, like things that I can dig up on the internet. Um, so that I have, um, I guess I'm technically like niche down into frameworks but I've expanded a little bit outside that. Um, but I think niching down is incredibly important, at least to start. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. 
So I definitely took in some lessons from there, especially on the Twitter front and the recommendations you gave in your answers. And I'm sure there would be a lot to take away for our audience uh, of this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. And the last question I'm going to ask you is how does someone who wants to reach you or want to get in touch with you or follow your journey, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah, great. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for reaching out. So yeah, you can just follow me or send me a DM at Chris under or Chris Halad. It's just at Chris H-L-A-D. So that's it. For sure. So I'll make sure to put uh, that link in the description below so that people can access that easily. So that's it for now. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Thank you so much for making the time. It was very insightful. Thank you. Thank you.